Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. Do you trust in Jesus Jesus Christ, Christ, your Savior, and acknowledge Him Lord of all? Do you accept the Scriptures to be Be the unique unique and authoritative witness to Jesus Christ? Will you seek to serve with energy, energy, intelligence, imagination, and love? Will you promise to further the peace, peace, unity, and purity of the Church? Will you be instructed and and led by the confessions? Will you be a friend among your colleagues in ministry? That's asking asking a lot. lot. Our reading today is John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. You may locate this text in your pew Bible at page 989. First, let us pray. O Lord our God, your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Give us grace to receive your truth in faith and love, that we may be obedient to your will and live always for your glory. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, His disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever.
There's a tradition in the Presbyterian Church when leaders are ordained and installed, they're asked some questions. Uh, next Sunday, we'll have a congregational meeting and elect some folks who will be officers for us. And in January, they will respond to these questions. They'll do so in front of you in a service of ordination. They're big questions. And the folks you elect, they'll say yes, and it's a holy time. Roger and I have decided we want to talk through some of these questions in advance because they speak to some important theological convictions we hold as a church. There are questions like, will you serve the people with energy, intelligence, imagination, and love? Will you preserve the peace, unity, and purity of the church? Will you be a friend among your colleagues in ministry? Will you work for the reconciliation of the world? Do you believe the Scriptures to be the unique and authoritative witness to Jesus Christ and God's Word to you? I told you, they're not small questions. They ask a lot. The last time I said yes to these questions was March of 2004. I stood right here in front of you. I said yes, but I knew that my yes was less a statement of my faithfulness and more a reflection of my confidence in God's faithfulness. Because behind these questions that are put to us are convictions we hold about the faithfulness of God. The first question is this. Do you trust in Jesus Christ, your Savior, and acknowledge Him Lord of all and head of the church? I said yes, many have, but I admit, I wish the question were phrased differently. I, I, I wish what the church asked is, do you believe that Jesus Christ is your Savior? And that's not what the church asked. The church asked, do you trust in Jesus Christ, your Savior? That's different. That's very different. To believe is to think that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. To trust is to follow Him. What we trust shapes how we live. To say we trust in Him is to participate in His life. It is to let His life shape our encounter with the world. There's no bystanding sidelines with trust. Belief, maybe, but not with trust. When Carol and I lived in Florida, there was, a, there was a woman in the church, a saintly woman in the church named Shirley, and her business was to clean houses, clean people's homes. And she came to us one uh, day and she said, you know, I, I would love to clean your house. Carol and I were both working full time. Our kids were running 90 miles to nothing. We just had one nostril out of the water, as Jean Augustine used to say, and we could just barely keep up. And she said, I'd love to just come by maybe every other week and clean your house. I said, surely if you would do that, we would rise up and call you blessed. You, you, are, a, you are a godsend. So every other Thursday, Shirley would come by to clean the house, which meant that Every other Wednesday, 
so you know about this. So every other Wednesday, Carol would say to me, go in and clean the kitchen, Shirley's coming tomorrow. And I said, but Carol, Shirley's coming to clean. And she said, that's right. And she said, so go get the dishes done. I said, well, can't Shirley do that? She's coming to clean. She said, Tom, how do you expect Shirley to clean the house as everything's a mess around here? Now, I... I still confess I don't understand exactly how this works, but what I can tell you is every other Wednesday I fell to bed exhausted getting ready for Shirley. What I learned is there's no bystanding when you have someone clean the house. It's a full participation kind of thing. See, I believed the house could be clean. Carol trusted the house could be clean. It's one thing to believe that turning the other cheek is a good idea. It's another thing not to strike back when you've been hit. It's one thing to believe that forgiveness is faithful. But when we trust, we might actually forgive someone. You see the difference. You see why I wish the question were, do you believe? It says belief in the text. It's written that you might believe, but in the Greek, The word belief is pistuo, and it it actually means trust. The disciples were afraid. They were afraid. They locked the door. They were hiding. And so Jesus came to them, peace be with you. Thomas was not there. I don't know where Thomas was, doesn't tell us, out getting pizza for the gang. I I, I don't know. He he wasn't there. But when he comes back, the disciples say, oh, pepperoni, good choice. And by the way, the risen Lord dropped by, said to say hello. Thomas says, I won't believe it until I put my hands in his wounds. Then Jesus comes back again. And Jesus speaks to Thomas. Interesting, it doesn't say that Thomas actually touches him. Maybe he thought that's what he needed, but it doesn't say. What it does say is that Thomas makes the most profound profession of faith in the Gospel of John. My Lord and my God. And we would think that that would be a good place for the curtain to fall, and it even sounds like that's what's happening. But it doesn't really stop there because earlier in the text, Jesus said something else very important. He came to them and said, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. That's why Jesus keeps coming back. It's not enough to confess that Jesus is Lord and God. He wants us to unlock the door. He wants wants his followers to get out in the world and live his life, to live like him. So Jesus keeps coming back until they find the gumption to unlock the door. I've told you before, recently even, of the conversation Reverend Mark Laverton had with a young man who was visiting his church. The young man was new to the church, and so Mark 
struck up a conversation with him in the Welcome Center, had a cup of coffee. So what, what, brings, you, what brings you here? And the young man says, you know, I haven't really gone to church before. I'm not completely sure what I'm looking for, but I guess my question is, if I hang around your church, will I meet people who live like Jesus? It's a pretty high bar. If someone asked you that question, what would you say? It makes me think, I've known some people who look a lot like Jesus from time to time. Ruby Bridges was one. It was 1960. Ruby went to William Franz Elementary School in New Orleans. The first day she went, she was the only student in her class, first grader, the only student in the first grade class. Ruby was the first black child to attend this New Orleans school. That whole year, she was the only student in her class. She had to be escorted by federal marshals because the parents who had withdrawn their children from the school came every morning and lined the sidewalk to scream at her as she walked into the classrooms to call her names. One man would bring a child-sized coffin with a little black doll in it to show it to her. They were enraged, but she was calm. Amazingly, she was calm every morning walking, and you could see her moving her lips, and someone asked her, Ruby, what are you saying to yourself? And she said, I'm not talking to myself. I'm praying. Ruby, what, what are you praying? She said, you see those people. I'm praying for them. Granny said, the Bible says, pray for your enemies. So I'm praying for them. Six years old, and she was the grown-up, and she looked a lot like Jesus. She really did. Do you trust in Jesus? Here's the truth. I don't have an unwavering trust of Ruby Bridges, but I want to. I want to, and that want leads me to say yes. Maybe that's enough for me to unlock the door. It makes me think of Bashara Awad. What a man. I met him in Bethlehem. Bashar's father was killed in their front yard in Jerusalem. It was 1948, stepped out of his house to go to work. As a Palestinian, he was automatically a national security threat. He was shot and killed. The Awads are Christian. Eventually, Bashara grew up and founded the Bethlehem Bible College. I had the privilege to visit him in Bethlehem, and, and from the campus of his college, you see the security wall that rises up 25, 30 feet into the air, this cement wall with gun turrets on top, making it impossible to move around without harassment. As we stood in the shadow of that wall, I said, Bashara, is it difficult to maintain hope? Most of the world has actually given up on this place. Is it difficult to maintain hope? 
He looked at me with level gaze and he said, Tom, the resurrection of Jesus Christ happened less than an hour's walk from this place. It is impossible to lose hope. Do you trust in Jesus? Honestly, I don't know that I have courage like Mr. Awad, but I want to. Wouldn't you? I think of my friend Lewis. Lewis is a pastor, retired now. Thirty years ago, we served sister Presbyterian churches in the same city. He called me. He said, Tom, I've got bad news. It's about Robert. He said he didn't make it. He said, Tom, we're going to have his memorial service at our church, and I need you to be there. I need you to be part of it. He said, I've actually, I've got six pastors that I've called to be part of this service. I said, six pastors? Sounds like a long funeral to me, Lewis. He said, well, you just get to read Scripture, but I, I just need us to stand up for Robert. Robert was also a Presbyterian pastor, but he served no church. It was 1992, and Robert was gay. And the church made no room for this man that God had called to love congregations. The church made no room in 1992. And to make matters worse, Robert died of AIDS. Lewis said, it's time that we demonstrate who we are that Robert belonged among us. I need you to be there, Tom. We need to stand together telling this community that we welcome all of God's children, and when we do, that is always the right choice. Now, I have to tell you, as I tell you this story today, it really doesn't seem like that big a deal. It really doesn't. But it was 1992, and there were many in our churches in those days who thought, to show that kind of dignity to a gay man who claimed to be a pastor was a bit unseemly. But Lewis said Jesus would stand with Robert. We need to do the same. Do you trust in Jesus Christ? I don't always have the unwavering faith of Ruby Bridges or the courage of Bashar Awad or the incredible graciousness of Lewis Galloway, but I want to. So when I asked, I say yes. I say yes, because it feels like that's the way to unlock the door and to get out into the world and to do what we can to live like Jesus. But you already know that because I shared with the children. There's a ministry fair today. Well, walk around and look at all the ways that we are being the church together. And we do that because we don't simply believe in Jesus. We trust Him. 
And at Antioch this morning, there's a fall festival as they welcome the larger community to build relationships and and celebrate the gift of human connection with one another. That's what trust in Jesus Christ looks like. And tonight here, there'll be a food truck festival that we might do the same. And it's peanut butter Sunday. Just one more day for us to battle the dehumanizing reality of hunger. We have a pantry because we don't just believe in Jesus, we trust Him. There are two concerts this week, one on Thursday and one on Saturday, because beauty, the celebration of beauty, is a connection with the holy. And Saturday, the Presbyterian women will gather to talk about faith in the face of difficult times. It's what trust in Jesus looks like. And later, we'll gather in this room to claim the promise of the resurrection because the love of God calls us by name and will never let us go. We do it because we don't just believe in Jesus. We trust Him. I could go on, but you get the point. So do you trust in Jesus Christ? Well, I'm not always a grown-up. I don't always have courage. I'm not always as gracious as he was, but I want to be. And I think that's enough to say yes. And saying yes is enough to unlock the door and to move out and to live like Him. But you already know that. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.